Killer Kush. A podcast where we smoke Bazinga Punk and talk about killers, caspers, and cryptids. My name's Lichtenmach. My pronouns are he, him. My name's Lady Cuftenberg, and my pronouns are they, she. <laughs> Welcome to episode 30. Ooh, Another 30. reading from J.W. Ocker's Cursed Objects. 30 flirty and cursed. And cursed. <laughs> and cursed. And cursed. Yeah, 30 episodes in. That's crazy. That's dedication. What have you learned so far? I've learned that editing is really hard, technology is never in your favor, but doing podcasting is really fun. And sticking to a schedule is definitely like not my... It's hard. Yeah, it's not my strong suit. We get ahead, then we fall back, and then we get ahead, and then we fall back. Which, you know, that's kind of life, like the circle of life there. We get ahead, and then we fall back, truly. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I can't believe we've been doing it this long, though. That's a very long time. I'm proud of us. Yeah, and it's so fun. Like, even if no one listened to this at all, I would still love doing it, because we just get to, like, talk about a little true crime and hang out, and that is amazing. It's what we would do anyways, so, like... Fuck Might yeah. as well do it and have fun doing it and hopefully get some listeners Indeed. while doing it. Yeah. Which I feel like our listeners that we have are always very vocally supportive. Yeah. Which is nice. You know, they give us the feedback that we want. And we've gotten a few reviews on Spotify and Apple Music, so please go review them. Mm-hmm. I stole Tommy's phone and I was like, Tommy, just wait a second. I reviewed <laughs> it for him. So um, we, we also another... had a friend, Rob, who tweeted at us this week and was like, during the snowstorm in Chicago... They just played the new Pokemon game and listened to our podcast, and that warmed my cute little heart. Because how many times have we heart. done that? Like with, and that's why we drink or something. So many just times. Things. And it's like we're finally on people's radars. Woo! Thank you guys. It's Thank adorable. you for listening and journeying with us. Thank you. And now I have a little gift for Nick before we do our. Vibe. I'm so excited. It's Should I close my eyes? Gift. Um, you know it's fine. It's, you're good. Here you go. All right. Okay, so there's I'm three objects. It. I'm feeling it. The first one. There's something in it. One time Katie got me pickled flavored jelly beans and I hope that it's Oh uh, I disappointed. Oh god. I didn't Happy get little treatments. Yes. Cute little Bob Ross container. You know I'm about to put some joints in here. Yeah, isn't it cute? And it's, it's got really Bob Ross cute. on it, which I did hear like Did you watch the documentary? I haven't watched the documentary. You should watch the documentary. Is he kinda fucked? Uh he's not fucked. Okay. Good. What people have done to his brand is fucked. He okay. didn't want yeah, well, I mean, I kind of but, figured, because, like, it was five years ago or something where Bob Ross shit just started appearing everywhere. Yeah. Like, there was already some, I don't know, like, stuff. It's when it got fully but, released to, like, you know, yeah. the streaming platforms. Which was that, it was after he died, right? Yeah. So he doesn't really have a choice in, like, any of that stuff. No, and he yeah. didn't want his, like, he wanted it to just end. That, you know, that makes and sense there's a brand. whole battle of, like, when he was dying and on his deathbed the corporate side of what his business was was like trying to get him to sell his name and his rights away and he was like no i don't want all of my stuff to be replicated i don't want any of that like yeah you should watch a documentary though it's really good yeah no definitely and that also is reassuring because i definitely i heard that there was some fucked up shit that bob ross did and that there was a documentary about him doing shit but if it's not about him doing that like if no it's not, not i mean like everybody has their little things in life that are yeah. kind of fucked up like i'm pretty sure he cheated on his wife or something Ooh, God, I hate him. Wives. It's more importantly is what his name has been dragged through the mud afterwards. Like, cheating on his wife, oh well, whatever. People cheat all the time. Well, especially when you're famous, you're just scrutinized to different levels. So, like, every day we make mistakes and we have to deal with other people's mistakes and, like, navigate that. But when you're famous, it's just, like... When you make a mistake, it's everyone's public yeah. mistake. That we it's get not to just your problem, it's everyone's problem, and everybody has yeah. an opinion on it. And... Which is kind of fun. I love having an opinion on famous people's problems. You do love I'm hot like, goss. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know you, I just want to gossip about you. Like, sorry, <laughs> Poor Bob Ross is sitting here like, please, no. And Katie's <laughs> Turning like, in his grave, and... he's like, take away the mints, destroy yeah, them. Destroy the <laughs> mints. Okay, the next thing is a book. It's poems. It's called uh, Guillotine by Eduardo C. Corral. Yeah, so these are like, it's a gay poet, and... Love. Yeah, I, it was like, I forget. You know that poetry book that you have that's like, um, the, there's two men on the front, and one of them's like holding a balloon that's floating away? Um, It's by Denez Smith. Yeah. Yeah, I so forgot what it's called. It's like similar to that, 
is what I've been told. Is like it's very yeah, like kind of yeah. pretty and like I was trying to find you like a dancescape poetry book, but mm-hmm. those are really that's very niche. Yeah, it is very niche. And I found like a really interesting witchy dance book, but it was like mm. one hundred dollars. So someday you're gonna receive a witchy dance book, but it's gonna be a that little bit in the I future. I know that you have money and you're yeah. secure. The no, day that like, I know you're secure is the day I get that dance book. <laughs> Literally, very ten sweet. years from now, maybe. And the last one's a Steven Universe sketchbook. This is so fucking cute. Oh my god. Nico, look. It has Rose's symbol on the back. I quite literally, I wish I would have waited. I just went and bought a new notebook for my work. That is so sad. Well, okay, so you go and throw that one out and then rewrite every single note that you've ever written on that page. Well, I haven't notebook. written anything. I just oh, I just wrote oh, the first page. Well, this is your work notebook now. This could be my work notebook. <gasps> Speaking of work, you guys, you guys. I got the job. Woo! I got the gig. Bazinga, punk. It's funny, this whole time I've been like, I've got the gig, I've got the gig. This is a full-time nine-to-five job yeah. and i'm like i got the gig <laughs> it's no but that's okay it's a full-time nine-to-five job but y'all they are letting him still like go to dance rehearsals which like i yeah. that is they're accommodating to your dance schedule yeah fuck Crazy, yeah right? like that's amazing i'm, I'm literally, literally only working 32 hours a week still which is and i'm getting paid full-time still that's amazing and yeah. i mean like you'll probably if you ever have to put in extra work or something which i'm okay know, with but, doing and i'll probably yeah. wake up early on the days that i because I don't have to start work until 9 a.m., which is kind of really late for me. I'm up by, like, 6 o'clock, 6.30. Yeah, um, today I got up at 7, and that's the earliest I've gotten up in over two months. That's funny. Like, Every morning I wake Christmas. up, and on days that we have off, me and Nico have off together, I still wake up at, like, 6.30, 7 o'clock, because I just can't sleep, and then I just fuck with him until he wakes up. <laughs> I cannot believe. Nico, who's like, I hate you. Nico work, waking up at 5 a.m., just wanting to sleep in, and then here's me, like, well, I'm awake now. Can you please? Are you up, Mom? You're up, right? Mom, play with me. You're already up, right? The sun's awake, so I'm awake. I'm awake. <laughs> please. Thank you for the gifts, though. They're no, so cute. Happy birthday, I really dude. love them. Thanks. They've been sitting on my bookshelf for like, oh, I just dropped my vape. Um, but Good. they've been sitting on I the bookshelf. Instantaneously like... put my dirty sock on it, and okay. I want you to know that I didn't do that because yeah. I love you. And even if you licked it and you put it up your butt crack, I would still probably take it out and I'd sanitize it and then I'd hit it and I'd be like, mm, delicious. One of these days, I'm just gonna grab Nicotine. your posh and wipe it through my ass crack and oh, say here you go baby that is so sexy you know the amount of men on grinder who would absolutely not buy for that it. yeah, yeah they'd just be buy like, it. please give me your ass covered that should vape. be a business ass covered vapes ass covered vapes tm tm people be buying dirty underwear all the time the nicotine addiction already has the grip on everybody's balls exactly so now you just have to get the balls on the nicotine yeah i'll rub i'll rub some vapes in my balls and sell them for like 30 bucks you could keep Wait, it how much in is your a... ass crack for like all day like yeah 24 well, i was hours, thinking so like 10 minutes the, oh oh like a quickie maybe you could do it like right after a poop you know yeah. so it's nice and smelly fresh yeah oh. um but they are like i don't know like 10 15 dollars okay so i could easily sell it for like 40 then yeah no easily 30 dollars of my grime you just have to get like a good little logo or something and you have to like you know I, I take a it, like, a, what, do, what do you call it a boudoir photo shoot where you're boudoir yeah boudoir is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to do like a little boudoir. So they get I'm like a picture of me with so the wrong. vape in my asshole. Yeah, literally and... black and white on film. Yeah, <laughs> ooh, that'd be sexy, a little Polaroid yeah. moment. The landing site for the website is just like your butt crack with the vape in black and white. All of the furs right there. I'm kind of thinking this is a genius idea. Yeah, so TM, we're going to make this. Um, yeah, nobody steal this idea from us, please. Or if you do, like make sure you just profit a lot and like tag us. And maybe us. share yeah. some with us, like 5%. Yeah, just become our patron, really. Like you don't even That's have to. That's all you got to do. Yeah, it's so easy. Um, Nick, what's your vibe? My vibe right now is excited but nervous for this transitionary period of my life. I'm going from working and on my feet for a few hours each day and then going to something else that day and then working on something else that day to knocking out all of that and just sitting at a desk from nine to five, which I'm a little nervous about. Yeah. But I think that I'll be fine because I do like my alone time and I do also like being home and I'm pretty productive when I'm home. I've talked about it in therapy of like all of the side gigs that we do are that same self-motivated thing that I'm going to have to tap into for this job now. Yeah. So I'm already like used to it. I just have to channel that energy in a different way. But I am a little nervous because 
big transitionary periods in people's life when you have bipolar can make you become manic or depressive. Yeah. Most of the time manic. So I'm just on the edge about hopefully not being manic. And it, it is like, especially from going to like a physically rigorous job where you're on your feet all the time. Like I have had a really hard time like adjusting mm-hmm. to a desk job just because like it's the difference in activities. You get done yeah. and you're like, I feel like I've done nothing all day. And sometimes. it's just like you still have that energy built up. Yeah, but then also it's like, especially living in Chicago in the middle of winter, it's like, oh, well, it's dark out. So like, there's not really, like you go to the gym, I guess, or you could like go to want to walk or something. Yeah. But it's just like, there's, it is, it's definitely a weird period of adapting. Yeah. But hopefully like, especially since you've started navigating your mental health and you've got like that stability of like a therapist and like mm-hmm. the meds and, and a my group meds are of working. community who supports you and you are able to talk about those things yeah. with, I feel like it might make the transition easier than if I'm it was hoping. like last June, you know? Yeah. And also like I'm stable on meds right now. Like I yeah. feel good on my medication. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm starting this job with like fully stable mental health. Like I feel good right now. Yeah. And I don't feel like great a manic high I feel solid yeah right like mentally health like regular yeah yeah which is which... good and I haven't felt that way in a long time so I'm looking forward to pursuing this next step with that all already settled yeah and seeing where it goes and you'll still be able to like do the thing that you love which is dance and your side gigs and things like that while learning like administrative skills and things yeah exactly yeah you're gonna have to teach me how to use excel because I paid one hundred thousand dollars and no one taught me how to use excel can you believe that? Can you believe they robbed yeah. me? Like, that is that is robbery. Is it's it okay. Not? I took a literal class on it, and when I was doing the assessment for this job, I still Googled it. Yeah. Did you Google during the assessment? Yeah. Oh. Uh, he said we could. One time I tried doing that, like, so I, one time I was like, oh, I could definitely be someone who works at, like, the airport, like, a check-in flight person. Mm, yeah. Because they get free flights. So I was like, oh, easy. So I could just, like, work for an international airline, and then I can, like, cure my mm, wanderlust. That's sexy. Like, that's yeah. sexy. That's but sexy. That's <laughs> sexy. Mm. But then they had an Excel exam, like, as part of the pre, you know how they have, like, pre-interview questions and things yeah. like that before you even like, interview for a job? Mm-hmm. They had an Excel exam, and I was just like, oh, yeah, fuck it. Like, I can do this. Like, what? It's going to be hard. And then all of it was like, in a blah, blah equation, what does this A little minus sign mean? And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a oh, bit of this. Shit. Tried Googling it. Google was not helpful. I said, okay, well, this is not for me. I will pursue this know, at a later though. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really did try. I was like, oh, no, fuck it. I can do this. No, that it no. has rules. It's hard. That's a hard-ass program to use. Yeah, it is confusing. But also, my brain kind of gets it, which is nice. Yeah, are you... You're a math person, right? Yeah. Like you were always in, yeah. That was never May. Mm. I just learned like this year that gifted and talented, the gifted and talented program was literally just for like neurodivergent children who were smart but needed a hand. And I really thought this entire time it was just for like children who were gifted and talented. I thought that I was just really smart and special, but no, I had undiagnosed ADHD, and that's why they put me in that program. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also <laughs> is like people who have. Like, that need more stimuli, basically. Yeah. Like, we just needed more stimulation in school because we weren't getting a full rounded stimulation in class. Yeah. I used to make, like, PowerPoints for holidays just for fun. Like, I'd go home over the weekend and I'd be like, the history of Halloween. And then I'd bring it into my class and I'd make my teacher let me present it. That's so cute. It was probably annoying, though. Like, imagine being any of the other fifth graders being like, who the fuck is this bitch? Like, why are are they they bringing in this PowerPoint? Like, every year, can you give it up? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's funny, though. Yeah. What's your vibe? Um, my vibe is okay. I'm feeling fine. Um... Yeah, Tommy's sister is visiting this weekend, so mm-hmm. we've had some people in our house, and our house is kind of small, so but it's I've been cute. like, it is really cute, and it's fun, like, showing off my house, because I just, I've never had the chance to, like, fully decorate a space myself, mm-hmm. and I've also never, like, had the financial means to do so. That part. So we had, like, the gift, and also the sad thing happen of Tommy's grandma dying, and we got, like, a bunch of free furniture, so we were yeah. able to kind of, like, furnish our house and focus on decorating it, mm-hmm. which was, like not nearly as expensive so i feel yeah. like we've done a cute job there's still a lot of work to be done and I your house is really ideas. cute thank you thank you i want to I like plant it a lot room. i downloaded your plant app because i am 
ready to it take works. care of them. Yeah, yes, I works. had to Google the leaves. I was like, pink and silver and yellow leaf plant <laughs> name, question mark? <laughs> if you need Fern? any help, you can just send me pictures and I can yeah. probably tell you. I think I texted you like four times that day, like a bunch of different questions. I was like, I'll let That's him okay. rest. I'll I have rest nothing tonight. going on in my life. And the, you who has like a jillion things going on in your life, like juggling eight side gigs, like no, I'm completely free. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. Yeah. All right. All right. Always free to talk about plants. Yeah. Well, I'm always unknowledgeable about plants. <laughs> For now, it's gonna. I'm gonna make. You're a gonna hobby. learn a lot, yeah. actually. No, definitely. And I wanna. I have like a big bag of soil mm-hmm. that I am going to in the spring replant the plants. So I'm gonna recruit you to do that because I've oh, never yeah. repotted. And some from, like, probably should have been repotted, like, four years ago. So, I'm referring to my Christmas cactus, which is thriving, yeah. but it has been in a really small Colorado mug in the original, like, fake pot that yeah. I bought it in, so. Yeah, it probably needs some help. Yeah, definitely. But it blooms every year, so yeah. I'm like, you're not dead, and I feel it's like working. that in itself is impressive. I mean, that's the beauty, is that some of these plants are just so resilient, they're like, yeah. I don't care where I'm growing. I'm growing. And that's what I love about them exactly. is that they're like, they push through it. And I'm and like, damn. That's what we have to do. As we mentally ill people, it. we have to push through it, be bro. Be a plant. Yeah, be a, be a plant. Push through. Keep growing. Die in the winter and then grow again. Die in the winter. <laughs> Die in the winter and then grow uh, again. Is every winter like, Actually is dying. this the one? Yeah. <laughs> is this the uh, one? I did a little photo shoot. So I had um like a lot of my pictures in my little portfolio for acting are old Mm -hmm. so I asked this photographer and also Felonese I had a little photo shoot with Felonese listeners a while ago they were very cute check out my Instagram and UB times three photography yes because Phil is an amazing photographer if you live in Chicago definitely book them but um I did like a little lake outdoor snow photo shoot Mm. today at 9 a.m and it was freaking freezing, cold. dude. Like, I was shivering. When I got home, my hands were hot from the cold, you know, when that happens. Yeah. And I just, like, jumped. Tommy was still asleep, so I woke him up, and then I, like, cuddled him. But I was still, like, shivering and, and had like, to stand in the blazing hot spare shower. Spare warm. It was, like, spare warm. If California wasn't so awful and terrible as, well, people living in California right now listening to this. I'm not saying y'all suck. I'm just saying your gas costs $6, and that's unreasonable. Yeah. But if it was not that expensive, I would move there in a heartbeat just to avoid the, like, awful winter cold that we yeah, experience it is very frigid yeah so that is my vibe all of what i just said which okay. wasn't really a vibe i guess but that was like yeah, more i'll take it yeah well cool it was an update yeah and now guess what we're gonna go do you know what we're gonna go do you know Whoa, you know we'll, yeah. we'll see you on the flip side Bazinga, punk. we're back we're back hey what's up how are you guys during that have, did you miss us? Did you miss us? Uh, sorry, I just had a pressing question that flew into my head. Have you heard the new Hippocampus album? I haven't. No, because the new Mitski album also came out on the, the same, same day. day. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't listened to the Mitski one. Exactly. Yep. Which is funny. Is the Hippocampus album good? Yes. I love. Did you listen to it a few times through or just? Yes. Oh. We've listened to it on repeat. It's pretty good. Is it like same genre, like the indie pop rock stuff yeah it's more experimental now though oh cool which is fun yeah because i mean they've been established for a long enough time now that i feel well they have another band that's which ones of them nico uh it's the lead singer jake the second singer slash lead guitarist nathan and then their friend who usually does the production and that's there's really experimental music of like the same genre just like more beep boop boppy yeah do you like it as much i don't like it as much um but i do like another offshoot of the band uh brother kenzie uh good music you should look up him he has a song called utah that's amazing and uh an album called barn cat that's just instrumentals oh cool that is really really good but I uh, yeah, we're in love with Hippocampus. No, and we're and going you get to, to see go to the concert on yeah. the eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yeah. We're very excited. Is that the eighteenth of February? Yeah. That's literally like next week, but well, I guess it's, it's two weeks. That's amazing. Oh Friday night of my first after my first week of work. Woo! So it's a nice little celebration. That's gonna be the best week ever, dude. That's fucking yeah. yeah. Ugh. I'm hyped for it. Yeah, Mitski plays um March twenty seventh. Did you get tickets? I did. I did. It's in Milwaukee, yeah. so we're going to have to drive out, which I... Uh, it, I know it's only driving three hours, but I just... Uh, I think it's closer than that. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I think it's like an hour and a half. Oh, nice. Okay, never mind. Then right? I take I take that back. But I am very excited, and her new album is very similar to, like, 
especially be be the cowboy be a cowboy fake fan right now but um it sounded like very mitski you know it was just classic. i'm excited to look I, it yeah. up and there yeah there's a few bops on there i only listened to it once through because i didn't really have time this weekend um a lot of catching up with tommy's family so because yeah. we love tommy's sister beautiful. we Hour love 45 sister. to milwaukee oh that's not bad at all that's like a good long playlist a few you know a podcast episode half a hamilton you know, some people can uh, commit, <laughs> commute from Milwaukee to Chicago for work. Never could I ever do that. Can you imagine? Or also, Ugh. we know um, one of Phil family friends commutes from where Phil is from, which is like three hours outside of Chicago, all the way into Chicago for work every day. Can you imagine? Like, which you have to wake crazy. up at 4 a.m. to get into work at like 7. Never could I ever do that. You would just lose your entire life to driving. Yeah. And maybe it would be nice because you'd have that time to, like, relax and listen to podcasts and think about things. But you don't, like, you can't write anything down, you know? You're just sitting with yourself having to drive. Yeah. And also, you're so much more likely to get in an accident, too. If you're spending that much time on the road, especially in big cities. Yeah. And in the winter, that would be like a four-hour commute then. Yeah. Anyways, Ooh. never could I ever have I a car I just got chills people. down my body. That <laughs> is the worst. Four-hour commute. Uh, yeah. In the snow, like this winter storm that we just had. No. Auga. No, I could not drive. I was supposed to go into work one day last week, and I texted my boss, and I was like, hey... I've never driven in the Chicago snow before, which I've driven in the Colorado snow, but it's, I don't know. I don't like driving in snow. It's not something I'm a fan yeah. of because no one is. I'm already an anxious driver. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just not going to go in. Is that chill? Like, are we cool with that? With same yeah. wavelength girl? And she was like, okay. <laughs> I was at work when the snowstorm was happening and then it was going into Thursday and we were supposed to have truck at 4 a.m. And I looked at my manager and I said, I'm not coming in tomorrow. I was like, this is me calling out Sig right now because I'm not coming in for this truck if there's if the snow continues. Yeah. And so he literally got the snow or he got the truck pushed to Friday. Perfect. He <laughs> because said, he fine, was like, fine. damn, Nick isn't coming in. He was like, it is kind of dangerous. We should push the truck and then it's pull miserable. strings. Yeah. Or they should pay you hazard pay, like time exactly. and a half. Exactly, hazard you know? pay, because it it would be hazardous to drive during that time. It was yeah, so bad. And then to go outside, well, and like the truck is kind of in like one of those window things, right? Like a window garage, or do you have to go outside and drag the stuff? We have inside? to go outside and drag the stuff inside. See, and that's and also the truck ridiculous. is facing the wrong way on Ashland. That that's funny. So I'm in the back of a truck that's facing the wrong way on Ashland, jacking like jacking no you can just out. pause it jacking 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 so i'm in a truck a. facing ashland just jacking. jacking bro just jacking yeah no that's torturous lifting things at a job that pays minimum wage is evil. when it's like that below zero evil. snowy yeah. i said that is not for me no i will <laughs> i'm not coming in sorry did you put in your um two weeks yet no i'm still working there i'm doing one truck day the first day of each month oh really Oh, cute. So I'm working from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., then coming and working from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at then going to rehearsal from 1 to 3, and then coming back and working until 6. So good luck with all of that. That sounds that sounds a lot. It does. Yeah. But it'll be, you know, a little extra coin. Should I say the place that I'm working for? Well, maybe I'll put, like, a little... Bleep it. Yeah, I'll bleep it. Yeah. That's, we bleeped Nick's workplace. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Are but, you, are, is it like, at least just in case, if you hate your new job, you have your old job to rely on to that's by why. working one. Perfect. That's and exactly then if you, why. Yeah, perfect. That's smart. Yep. Yeah. Trying to play it smart. And you are. Bazinga, punk. So we're Let's get gonna, into we're it. We're going to dive in. So just to avoid copyright, again, this is Cursed Objects, Strange But True Stories of the World's Most Famous Infamous Objects, J.W. Auker. And there's like, we've read only four of these guys, or like five, four, four? We'll have read four by the end of this. Yeah, and that is barely a fraction. a fraction of this book. Like, there are tons and tons, and there's... Cursed under glass, cursed in the graveyard, cursed in the attic, cursed in stone, the business of cursed objects, why aren't these objects cursed, the curse of the machine, epilogue. Like, there's, that's, those are just topics. Yeah, those are the big Individual objects. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know, it's a really good book. I'm glad that I found it in Galena. Yeah. Great birthday trip. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. All right. So, this is the Berserk. Do you think this is Berserk? Berserk. 
Berserk. The Berserk video game cabinet. The place of origin is Chicago, Illinois. Represent. Hey, Chicago. The creator is Alan McNeil at Stern Electronics. And the last known location was Friar Tucky's Game Room, Calumet City. Calumet? City, Illinois. Calumet City, Illinois. And the year of creation was 1980. Oh, that's kind of funky. Things that were created. So imagine like all of this in the vibe of Stranger Things or that one episode of San Junipero, if you could, please. San Junipero. uh, Oh, Black Mirror. Sorry. The San Junipero episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. That in itself is just not even connected to Black Mirror. Like it's just. It's a little movie. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Maybe we're I'll crying watch some right Black now. We're sobbing and crying and holding each other, thinking about it. Right Literally. Now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. In 2019, video games earned 180 billion in revenue worldwide, making them the second largest entertainment sector, just below television. However, experts predict that video games will eminently pass the two billion mark and beat the television to, and beat television to take first place. Everyone plays video games, from hardcore gamers with special chairs and headsets to senior citizens playing Candy Crush on the bus. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> that's so cute. I'm the senior citizen in that scenario. Yeah. Um, video games are a blast, which is why a cursed video game is particularly cruel. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, interesting that it hasn't already passed television. However, I think television is more popular than video games, right? Well, I wonder if it's talking about streaming or talking about television, as in, like, network. satellite, yeah. network, instead of talking about, like, streaming platforms. Because I feel like if it's streaming platforms, that's more popular. But I feel like television it, Yeah, network television is, like, for people who starting are to dying. Die. Yeah. 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 It's That's interesting. But I also would imagine, I guess, the revenue would be higher because streaming, like, decreases the revenue. Anyways, mm-hmm. but And also video games are, like... Where you pay $60 a month for whatever, it's $60 a pop, like, for yeah. a single video game. Or that one video game where it's $90 or Yeah, so exactly. On. Yeah, with all the different add-ons that you have to get. Yeah. Yeah. So, once upon a time, the 1980s, instead of downloading video games onto your devices from far-off servers, you went to the video games. <laughs> they lurked in dark, dingy arcades and tall particular boarded cabinets covered in neon graphics looming over teenagers in jean jackets and baseball tees as if they knew that their technology descendants would soon rule the world you stood up to play meeting the low resolution screen eye to eye mashing buttons and yanking joysticks seemingly dueling with the cabinet itself instead of battling 8-bit aliens or evading colorful ghosts in this makes me want to go to a fucking arcade bar so much. Okay. It would be so fun. We went to Dave & Buster's for Megan's birthday because um, she's a little Aquarius. Fuck yeah. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. I love that. Yeah, and they had they had so many. It was a little gross, like touching things. It was like, oh, should I yeah. be touching all these things? Hand sanitizer, baby. Hand sanitizer up the wazoo. Washed them every single, every hour, every half hour, really. Yeah. But they had so many things, and they had VR games, too. Oh. And they were a little extra to play, but I was like... VR, Gotta do bro. It. VR. Gotta do it. I'm obsessed. I don't even know why. Like, it's not even that good. It, yeah. I'm not into technology. I don't like games, but, but VR. That's so fun. Yeah. It's just into amazing. It. It's because of Sword Art Online. Thank you. <laughs> Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online. Bazinga, punk! One such arcade was the medieval fair-themed Friar Tuck's Game Room in Calmette City, Illinois. Right on the border with Indiana at the tip of Lake Michigan. One such cabinet in that arcade was a 1980 game called Berserk, and that game cabinet was cursed. This Berserk cabinet was black with bright blue and red robots on its flank. Its marquee touted the name of the game in red and chrome letters against a backdrop that was half starry sky and half a gridded orange and red horizon. It couldn't have looked more 80s. The game was created by Alan McNeil, an employee of Stern Electronics in Chicago. It was based on a nightmare he had in which he forced he was forced to fight a bunch of robots. Oh my god. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said life imitates art. <laughs> <laughs> I have to fight robots. iRobot? Have you seen iRobot? Oh, I love iRobot. I love iRobot, dude. Such a good movie. We should watch like iRobot sometime. We should. I'd be down for that. We could play a drinking game out of it. Oh, we totally could. I bet there's like one online even. Probably. Okay. We could find it. Please. We're going to make them. After turning his nightmare into playable form, that's such an artist thing to do, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, after turning his nightmare into playable form, he named it after science fiction author Fred Sanherbergen's 
Yes, <laughs> Fred, you're just gonna have to fucking accept that. I'm Fred Sandherbergens. After Fred S.'s berserk novels, in this game, you play a little green man with a gun trying to escape a maze full of flat-headed robots equipped with lasers. It was a landmark for being one of the first video games to include a voice synthesizer, meaning that those flat-headed robots talked. In crunchy digital voices, they shouted such phrases as, The humanoid must not escape, and, when they killed you, Get the humanoid! Got the intruder! If a robot shot you, you died. If you touched a robot, you died. If you touched the walls of the maid, of the maid, <laughs> of the uh. maze, you died. And if you stayed on a maze screen for too long, a round, creepy, smiley-faced creature named Evil Otto would bounce onto the screen. That's so scary. Yeah, and it, you just die for touching anything? Like, if yeah. you don't immediately shoot, you die? That's That sounds really fun. That sounds like a very It fun, sounds hard. It does sound very hard. I would definitely, like, do embarrassingly bad, and then people would be like, ha-ha! Do it again, do it again, do it again. Yeah, no, Just to make fun of you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's not, like, based on experience, because I'm actually really skilled, and no one has You're ever You're really good at me. video games, I've heard. I'm so good, so don't even, like, think about it. Through the grapevine, I have heard that you are good at video games. Thank you. <laughs> You're <Nick>. welcome. <laughs> when you need that one friend to assure you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Every time I need affirmation, I'll just say, can you tell me I'm good at video games, please? Yes, you are great at video games, Katie. Thank you. You are great at being a friend. Heart uh, emoji. Can I look inside your nose? Oh, I would love that more than anything. Just like Elio. Like father, like son. Oh, baby. Is that where he learned it from? Wink, He's skillful wink. with that tongue. <laughs> Evil Otto was based on a security chief named David Otto in one of Mc... I just jumped right back into it. Sorry, we're jumping back in, guys. <laughs> so you play this game, you touch anything, you die. There's this guy named Evil Otto. Based on a security chief named David Otto at one of McNeil's previous jobs. McNeil said the man would smile when he'd shoot you out. Finally, if you played the berserk cabinet at Friar Tuck's game room, you would die. At least, that's the story of what happened to three unlucky players in the 1980s. The first victim was a teenager named Jeff Daly. He was rocking the game hard enough that he earned two spots in the top score ranking. He yeah. died of a heart attack right after, there, among the flashing screens and bloops and bleeps of the game cabinet. His high score? 16,660. 16, sixes. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Sixes across three the board. Sixes, yeah. However, many believe that this story is made up in urban legend and that there's no proof of this Jeff Daly and his satanic score. And that's probably true. Yeah. I mean, also, if someone fucking died in an arcade in the 80s, where arcading is, like, the thing that you do, like, you're either at a mall or an arcade, I feel like you'd, there'd be someone to verify that Jeff Daly was real, yeah, you know? Yeah, 100%. You'd have to have witnesses. Yeah. But, but the second victim was very real. His neighbor, his, his neighbor, his neighbor, his name was Peter Bukowski. He was 18, and his fateful encounter with the video game cabinet occurred in 1982, not long after Friar Tuck's grand opening that year. His story is similar enough to the Jeff Daly story to imply that they are the same story. Bukowski also landed his initials in the top score twice and then died of a heart attack. It happened as he quit Berserk for another cabinet a few steps away. No sooner had he dropped a quarter into the slot of the new game than Bukowski dropped dead. According to a 1982 Chicago Tribune article, his autopsy revealed some heart scarring. The condition was pre-existing, and the conclusion was that the intensity of the game did his weakened heart in, as any rigorous activity would have done. The authorities investigated the berserk cabinet just in case, but found no electronic defects. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Sad that he had heart scarring, though, and died at such a young age. Yeah. And There's... probably would have died either way. If it was the game or not, because the game just raised his, like, blood pressure, basically. Exactly, yeah. So then, Damn. yeah, maybe it was haunted, like, there's something that was, it scared him really badly, and his heart beat really fast, but it probably was just a fucking hard game, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so sad. My cousin has, um, a heart de defect, so there's something mm. wrong with his aorta, mm. and, um, he's not allowed to run in gym class, and he's not allowed to, like, do any sort of rigorous activity. Damn. So he's encouraged to, like, play video games and chill, which is... Okay. Okay. That's really rude. Yeah. 
The third victim of the cursed video game was also very real, but his death diverges from the cabinet's heart attack MO, although cursed objects rarely have a consistent MO. In, 1990, in 1988, sorry, a group of teenagers, including Pedro Roberts and Edward Clark Jr., got in a fight at Friar Tuck's, and Robert stabbed Clark in the chest. Clark died later in a nearby clinic across the state line in Indiana. Although, although officials' account don't detail what started the fight, the general story is that one of the te teenagers left quarters on the Berserk game to reserve his spot, and another player stole one of the quarters to play the game himself. No other Berserk game in the thousands of arcades across the country during that decade had a body count. So was... you steal quarters and deserve to get stabbed? <laughs> I mean, it's the 80s. Yeah. It's the 80s. Rough and <laughs> yeah. tumble, I guess. And Calumet City? I mean... Yeah, and I mean, that's a quarter. What is that to them? It's like, back then, a quarter was like... Two bucks, I don't $17 know. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was expensive. Yeah. Back when so... there was penny stores. <laughs> back, when they, back when ice cream was one cent. Yeah. Bazinga, punk! Sure. He died later, uh, after all that quarter biz, and, uh, of course, today we are familiar with the idea of people dying while playing video games. Usually, it's during marathon gaming sessions in which players game for days on end. Heart attacks can happen, as can dehydration, but in no other instances have video game-related deaths clustered around not only a specific game, but a specific gaming cabinet. In a final bizarre twist, Calumet City, Illinois, is known for two distinct landmarks. A pair of round water towers, each of them painted with smiley faces. The exact visage... visage? Visage? The exact visage of Evil Otto? I don't know. Yeah, so it's, it's the exact same smile as Evil Otto. And Friar Tuck's game room shut down in 2003, a victim to the advances in home video game technology. It's because they didn't transform into a bar. Yeah, they should have. If they transformed into a bar with, like, some skee-ball and shit, like, we'd be there every weekend. Yeah. And we'd see all of the, the little landmarks, the little, the pair of round water towers, the smiley faces. Cause, like, yeah. fuck it. Exactly. Yeah, so, um, the fate of the cabinet is unknown at this time. The end. That's crazy. I wonder if it's, like, resold, if it's yeah. still sitting there, just abandoned. What do you do with those? Because I imagine... Well, a bunch of people have them in their homes and stuff, but would you just sell to, like, another like a arcade vendor, probably. that survive? Yeah. Yeah. And then they would be, like, sold separately to people, probably, yeah. for their own home use. Those are cool. I like when people have those games. In their house? It's kind of a Pac flex. Pac-Man? The Pac-Man ones? Yeah. I love when I go into a house and there's Pac-Man. And you're like, what the fuck? How? Yeah, how'd you get How? this? And they're like, just a mere $7,000. Ha ha ha. And you're like, oh my god. Cool. But then it's really cool. But then it's fun, yeah. yeah. I'm there for it. <laughs> Bad at the news end of the on day. them if it breaks, but... At the end of the day, I'm there for it. If you guys have um, a cool little game from the 80s in your house, can you invite us over? You can DM us your address. We promise we won't use it for, like, any other things. But also send us your a picture of the front and back of your credit card. Thank you. And the civiva. <laughs> and the civiva. Bazinga, punk! Alright, so next up on our table from Cursed Objects by J.W. Ocker is Ooh. the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum. Woo! Ah! Which Nick has been to. I've been there, which is Ooh. exciting. It was really cool. Kind of exploitative. Exploitative? Exploitative. Exploitative. Yes. The word tit is in there. <laughs> exploitative. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to read what J.W. has to say about it. This building is known to contain ghosts, spirits, and cursed objects. By entering, you agree that management will not be liable for any actions by unseen forces. That's the sign that greeted me in the haunted museum's lobby, which was full of dolls and electric candles and antique Halloween decorations. It smelled of incense. The statement on the sign was close to the language on the waiver I had to initial before I entered and also to the language our tour guide made us repeat while raising our hands before she would take us through the old mansion owned by Zach Baggins. Okay. But you do have to be like, I do not hold this liable. Like, you have to, like, raise your hand and say it. That's so weird. Yeah, it's very culty, and probably is just to lean into the idea of it. Yeah. And but make you really freaked out before. Then accidentally, if someone gets hurt, <laughs> then they can ooh, get, ooh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of smart in case someone, like, fucking trips up the stairs. You could be like, the ghosts did it. Like, we the cannot ghosts. be held liable. You signed something. Oh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, no, but for real, though. Because yeah. it is really dim in there. Oh, that's interesting. And the dimness probably also makes it spookier. It does, definitely. Love. 
Yeah. Zach Baggins is the star of paranormal reality show Ghost Adventures. It debuted in 2008 on the Travel Channel and, as of this writing, is still going strong 19 seasons later, making Baggins a rich man. <laughs> and what did he do with all that money? He bought a historic house in Las Vegas, turns it into a museum, and stuffed it full of the spookiest stuff money could buy. Good on him. Genius. Yeah, okay. Genius. The Haunted Museum opened in October 2017. Visitors can only witness the dim, atmospherical, decorated museum as part of a guided tour. It is like a two-hour guided tour. That's cool. I like that. Because then they can explain the objects to you thoroughly, too. Yeah, there's stories behind things that are nice to hear. And Otherwise, like, I don't know, when I went to the catacombs, it was like a audio tour. Yep. And that was okay, but I wish it was an actual person, because then you can ask questions and get questions answered and all of that. Yeah, we didn't even get the audio tour dude really like, you just did, walked it yeah we walked it but we did run into this couple in front of us and uh the dude was like an orthopedic surgeon so mm. he was like going through and they got the audio tour so they would like listen to the audio tour we became friends and they would recite back to us the important parts of the audio tour oh that's then so sweet we, like, looked at the bones and because he was a bone surgeon he would be like oh that was severed after death like you can see that this is rotting here. So there was some sort of illness that this person had. And That's really cool. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. We never talked to them again, but they gave us a croissant. And they told us about oh the bear problem in Alaska. That's the <laughs> best experience I think I've ever heard. It was so fun. I, yeah, That's it was amazing. awesome. While yeah. just looking at the catacombs. While just looking at the catacombs. Nick stole a rock from the catacombs. That's fucked up. And want to know what's worse? We lived, I lived with it. I don't know if he still lives with it. I, I hope you. It, yeah. That is so, like, you, bro, like, if we want to talk about cursed objects, you've got one sitting in this fucking house, like. If you want to talk about cursed objects, you literally have a cursed bracelet. Yeah, that I put outside. I've never brought that into my home. I've never that brought it into my home. poor little boy. Well, I, you, you, that was the biggest anti-gift, and it was amazing. Like, that was such a good anti-gift. It was anti -gift. such a power move, It dude. was so good. It was such a power yeah. move. Yeah. Bazinga, punk! And that tour reveals the attraction to be more a museum of the macabre than of the paranormal, featuring jaw-dropping and stomach-heaving items. Charles Manson's, Charles Manson's ashes, Ted Bundy's glasses, pill bottles owned by Truman Capote, a chair in the bedroom where Michael Jackson died, a Sharon Tate wedding dress, a severed head is on display in the U-shaped room that allows everyone in the, in the tour group to have one-on-one -on -one time with it, Jack Kevorkian's van... Jack Kevorkian. Who's Jack Kevorkian? Do you... He assisted in suicides. Oh, God. Yeah, and he killed a whole bunch of people in this van. Damn. They have... They and have their... our friend Moon is from their home... That person's from their hometown. Yeah. And they didn't know until we were there. And Moon was like, holy fuck, I grew up where this happened? Like... That's huh? crazy, dude. What? And there was like... Yeah, because you spend some time in the room, and it's like very terrifying was it it was just a picture of the van no or the was, van is the van in the is room. in the fucking room yeah. bro bro how did room. how much did that bitch pay for that so much a pretty penny so much so uh the van was a suicide clinic that takes up a large room inside the house Baggins displays serial killer robert bordella's blood and feces stained torture bed beside blown up of the photo bordella took of his victims and there are of course other cursed objects which sometimes tame by comparison. Yeah, serial killer memorabilia is definitely... It, that is... It is a little bit exploitative. Yeah. Like, thinking of the trauma behind it. But, but also, my, it was very cool to see. Yeah. It was That's very like, cool to the see. The Death Museum, too. Like, that is, like... it. It's, like, pictures of, like, the Manson killings after. Like, yeah. the, the Well, Manson's ashes photos. are there. Yeah. And they, like, they have... What are... Who's the guy? The clown who lived here? Gacy's paintings. Gacy. They'd, there's so many of Gacy's paintings and things, too, with the death. Yeah. Which is, like... And taxidermied people and things, which I mean, yeah. like, that is really interesting and cool, but it's also... Terrifying. Yeah. One room decorated like an old barn, complete with creaky floorboards, is dedicated to the black cauldron owned by notorious death fetishist and murderer Ed Gein. It's assumed that he used large pots for grisly purposes because, well, it's Ed Gein, and made masks and clothing and furniture out of human skin and bones. A sign above it reads, Ed Gein's Cursed Cauldron. The tour guide regaled us with stories of its half-dozen people connected to the cauldron who had died. A cursed human skull, distinct from the set of 13 human skulls we saw in another room, 
shares a library with a cursed doll, like some inanimate version of the odd couple. <laughs> the <laughs> that's that's creative. Go off. <laughs> okay, JK. <laughs> Uh, the skull was found during an investigation of an old mining hotel. Baggins took the skull home and says it's unleashed presences that eventually chased him from the house. The doll, which wears a long white trailing dress with has stains on it, is labeled murder doll. This is <laughs> sensibly doll. donated by the family, whose great-great-grandfather was murdered by his son after the former tried to kill the family with a shotgun. It happened in front of the man's daughter, who was carrying the doll, and was close enough for the blood to splatter to hit them both. Oh, God. And there's, like, literally the blood stain on the doll still. Ah. Uh, yeah. The trauma embedded in that doll, even if it's not haunted, like, the trauma that that child experienced watching that occur. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So sad. Yeah. There's also the infamous Dybbuk box, to which I still dedicate an entire chapter to earlier in this book. But such a glut of the macabre in the house that it's not every piece gets high, equally high billing. For instance, shoved on a shelf with a hundred other items, so like a brick, so much like a bric-a-brac. What's a bric-a-brac? I don't know what a bric-a-brac is. If you know what a bric-a-brac is, let us know. Is that like a, a who knows? Even yeah. A, uh... There's a cursed Nazi helmet, which is lined still with bare skull and hair fragments from the wearer of its violent death. Ooh. Um. Uh. In the Dybbuk box room, there's more than just one Dybbuk box. They have, I think, three there. Mm -hmm. And it was the weirdest thing. And people from our group had experiences in it. Yeah. Didn't someone, like, feel dizzy or something? Yeah. Rain felt dizzy. Moon felt, like, paralyzed. Like, couldn't move. Mm -hmm. It was really terrifying. Yeah. And one room is the largest concentration of cursed items. This side of the King Tut's tomb. (laughs) This side of the King King Tut's tomb. This cursed mirror of Bela Lugosi, the actor who portrayed Dracula in the 1931 Universal Studios movie of the same name, hangs on the wall. It's supposed to have been used for occult purposes, and then later witnessed a man's murder by a mob. What? It stayed covered under a dark curtain until we were told to line up and peer into its depths one at a time. This is now part of the exclusive tour, so we didn't pay for it, so we didn't get to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's stupid. Sad, right? Also, it's just a cave, right? Like, it's just a cave? Is that what it is? No, 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 it's a mirror. Oh, it's a mirror! That you look into. Oh! Yeah. There's an original Crying Boy painting, also discussed in this book. And a tall painting from the 2006 movie Silent Hill, whose previous owners entire collection of oddities burned to the ground after he delivered the piece to Baggins. Oh, God. So he sent the piece and then all of his shit burned. That sucks. That Very piece sad. said, fuck you. If you're <clears throat> gone, then all of it is. <laughs> then, then all of it is. Yeah, goodbye. If I'm gone, it's gone, bitch. <laughs> Bazinga, punk! There's also a painting by Still, Still Bonham, is what I was about to say. By Still Bonham. <laughs> Bill Stoneham. Who painted the infamous The Hands Resist Him in 1972? The creepy rendering, which predates the work Baggins collection, shows a boy and a large girl in front of a dark glass door, behind which can be seen about a dozen hands. After being bought at an expo- exhibition, it was found decades later in an abandoned building and listed on eBay February 2000, with a spooky summary from its owner that accused the painting subjects of moving around and even exiting into the real world. Oh my god. It became internet famous and was dubbed the eBay Haunted Painting, and was bought for more than $1,000. Beggins couldn't get his hands on that original work, so he commissioned Stoneham to paint a prequel for it, The Hands That Invented Him. Wild. I want to know what happened to the original work. Where is it at? Yeah, show us. And also, if you brought the two paintings together, what would happen? That'd be so cool. Someday. I bet he'll get his hands on it someday. Probably. Also, it's is Beggins. Is there a movie about that? The crying boy paintings? Like, uh, similar to... One where, like, the paintings kill people or something? Is that what it's called? The crying boy paintings? Um, well, that's what the movie is based after. Uh, the movie that I think you're talking about is, like, the big doll eyes or something. Yeah. Are you talking about the that one or are you talking about Velvet Buzzsaw? I might be talking about... Well, because Big Eyes... Not Big Eyes, because Big Eyes is the one with Amy Adams, and that's, like, about her husband stealing things right so i think i think velvet buzzsaw right because that was like the art one that was yeah. newer with probably jake g yeah sexy jake g is sexy so sexy we'll give him a, I fucking love give him jake a big g. kiss yeah big old smooch mm. the haunted museum experience is an intense one one person on my tour dropped out with a headache 
and one had sweats and spent time in her room with a doll that had a strobe light and extremely loud spirit box. Others opted not to enter rooms, waiting outside for the tour to continue. Which begs the question, why have so many disturbing and, if the multiple waivers are to be believed, dangerous items in one place and opened in public? The answer given by the museum is an unusual one. To educate about the paranormal world to keep objects from doing damage in open circulation. You could even say zoos are analogous. Oh, like a haunted zoo is basically what it is. Being full of deadly animals, but nevertheless open to touring school groups. That, you know, that would make sense if they're keeping, if they're doing upkeep things too, like making sure that... They do get blessed a lot and all that stuff. Which, I mean, if it was just left in a person's home, like who knows what what harm it would bring, you know? So in a way, I suppose. But it is weird. Just, like, bring people in to, like, stare at the macabre. It really is that. Uh, Perhaps the truest answer can be found in the final thing our tour guide said as she gestured towards the door. Last is the scariest room in the house, the gift shop. Nah. True. Theme. True. Wow. Interesting. That's on bucket list, for sure. Yeah. Very uh, worthwhile, worth the money, worth the wait that you have to kind of wait for it, but... Very cool. Yeah, and it's in Vegas, right? It's in Vegas. And yeah. I got out of Vegas without spending any money gambling because I just went to cool museums and performances and hiking. Hell yeah. You know? And that's definitely... Because not everyone who goes to Vegas wants to like spend their time super drunk and gambling. But also, some people do. And, you yeah. know, get a I'm, little I'm not bulk. shaming yeah. people that want to. I'm no. just saying there are so many cool things there yeah. that you can see if and you don't want to do cool. that. cool. Like, that's an awesome thing to do. Like, at yeah. some point, I'm going to end up in Vegas, and I'm going to do that. I'll be like, hey, Nick, guess why? Yeah. yeah. I'm willing to go back. Hiking in the Red Rocks was beautiful. Yeah. It's cute that you guys went hiking all in Vegas. Yeah. It's very, like, gay of you to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. We're going to sit this one out. We're going to go hiking. <laughs> it was kind of cute of us. And getting super high also, I think. Is, yeah. That's cute. It's all very cute. Very adorable. Love. Anyway. Well. Bazinga, punk. Uh, girl boss gatekeep gaslight go. Girl boss. Because I have been up for a very long time today and killing it. It's been productive as, as yeah, shit. Yeah, been productive as shit. Read a little, cleaned. I'm here. Hell yeah. Girl boss. Girl boss. Girl boss gatekeep gaslight. I'm also feeling girl boss because I've been productive the last few days uh, and I am going to continue being productive throughout the next few weeks while I start this new gig. Woo! Yes! And your start, you got the gig, dude. I got the you gig. You got the gig. Yeah. So proud of you. Woo! Yeah, I bet you never yeah. thought you'd hear that sound again. <laughs> yeah. How awkwardly long it is. Listen, it's not over. Bazinga punk! Anyway, you know where to find us. We're on social media at Killer Kush Podcast on Instagram, Killer Kush Pod on Twitter, and what else are we even? Oh, Facebook, Facebook, Killer Kush Podcast, Facebook, and Patreon. You can also yeah subscribe to us on Patreon. We have a few different tiers that you can subscribe to. Yeah, we've got some the sessions, and we've got another rotation that's coming soon. Probably in, in the next month, as we do. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten very many submissions, so we don't have stories to tell, but yeah, we'll have another one to you soon. Submit your stories, y'all. Any little ghost story, we want to read them, and we will yeah, read them. We, we love really reading love ghost stories. And little true crime stories that you've experienced, we would love to talk about them your on the podcast. Your hometown murder? If you have a whole ass story that you want us to cover, email us. We'll email cover us. it. Email us, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely look into it. Uh, and you can also submit sound of the week Ooh, please. by clicking on the link tree in our bio. We love you guys. And you can also get some merch if you want some merch. Yeah, we have merch link too. Tree. And All the link of the tree. things. Yeah. Check it out. And All right. We love you. Stay safe. Stay warm. Goodbye. Everything they said. Bazinga, punk.